Welcome to the Startup Legends Podcast. Today with us, we have an incredible guest. But before we jump in and meet Annette, um, remember, uh, here at Startup Legends, we interview everything about entrepreneurship and innovation in the technology ecosystem locally and globally. We interview rockstar entrepreneurs, investors, accelerators, incubators, coaches, and consultants. So without further ado, Annette, welcome on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Annette Azan is a 25-year fashion industry veteran, woman of color, wellness visionary. She graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology, worked with icons such as Diane Benson, Norma Carmelli, Donna Karen, and just a lot of amazing experience in this space. But instead of hearing it from me, I'd love to hear from Annette in your own words. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Annette. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like I'm like not really the startup person, right? <laughs> Usually you don't have that, that experience in the background. But yeah, I've been in the fashion industry my entire life. Um, but uh, interestingly enough is that I was always in the business of fashion. So I ran companies um, in marketing, sales, branding. Um, but I found myself designing something uh, for my own need and then going into a completely different direction. So here I am, 25 years of experience later, with a startup. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no such thing as having too little or too much experience. Everything in the startup game is good to go, especially when it comes to passion and pride. And the greatest thing about what you've designed now, it's something that was in a need and a use case for yourself. And then you found a way to turn that into a business, which is incredible. But before we jump into into your business, I want to hear a little bit more about your background and just get through it. So tell us a little bit about your your experience uh, in the Fashion Institute of Technology. Yeah, well, that was a gazillion years ago, but it gave me an amazing foundation um, of really understanding the business of fashion. I mean, I originally, you know, had dreams of being a dancer and... um, and uh, realized I wasn't good enough. Uh, so, But I decided to go into fashion because it's almost like theater, isn't it? And mm-hmm. uh, have really had such an incredible career because I did work for visionaries, like people like Diane Benson, um, you know, in the 80s, really introduced me to art. Um, you know, she was the first person to bring people like Dolce Gabbana to the U.S. I mean, really um, showed me how to take risks, which was, uh, has really helped me today, like really to understand that your vision can be true and that, you know, you don't have to be a follower, you can be a leader. And I think I learned a lot from all of these women that I've worked for. Is there any idols out there, women entrepreneurs that you, you hold dear, near dear to your heart? I have to say, um, the, the founder of Bumble, I have, uh, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Bumble myself and what she's done with that business. I, I think she was right on and fearless and, um, and a visionary and I love what she's built. Yeah. yeah, Whitney, I mean, it's, it's a, her story is incredible, leaving Tinder and then creating something for women. So t- tell me a little bit more about how do you, you know, coming out of a fashion career, how did you transition from that into startup in the technology world? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, well, it's technology, but it's also still fashion, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, it, it's an unusual space to be in because nudie is something that you wear, but it had never been done before. So there was 
tons of technology. You know, we had to come up with ways of manufacturing. Um, it, it pushed me into spaces that I had not uh, had to work in before, right? Um, uh, production, uh, IP space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, when I first created Nudie, there was 100% I knew that I was onto something, and that was 11 years ago. You know, talk about timing. Like 11 years ago would have been too early. So I was really just kind of held it in a space for a while mm -hmm. um, until the timing was right, which we started to build a company five years ago. Active. That's awesome. So you actually thought about this idea 11 years ago, were patient, waited for the market to come into the perfect fit, and then started executing on it. That's, that's an incredible way of doing things that I think other entrepreneurs don't realize, because timing is everything. And market timing and being there at the right moment can either accelerate your, your business or really propose like challenges. But to tell me a little bit about Nudie. Go, go into depth. What is Nudie for anybody at home who has no idea? So nude, nudie is a boobwear body essential. So what we're doing here is we're creating a completely new category in an old market. And that old market is called the bra space, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got bras, you've got bralettes, or women have the choice of being braless. So what nudie is, is we're creating an option between braless and bras. There's a space in between. And for those men out there who may want to you know, kind of understand a little bit more. I like to say it's like leggings. You know, leggings are not the same as pants, even though they, you know, do they cover the same areas of the body, right? Um, but leggings um, is a new market in the pants market. Mm -hmm. And it also functions differently in your life. You know, a leggings you can sleep in, you can travel, you can dress up, down. They have become the foundation of every woman's wardrobe. And I, I say every woman. I mean, it doesn't matter what age and what size anymore. And that's what Nudie is doing in the intimate space. It's creating a new category that becomes the foundation of women's lives. Super exciting. Yeah, I mean, leggings for boobs. That's, is that, is that a, that's right. Yeah, is, is yeah, that a good totally. way of putting it? Yeah. And, and is, that, is that how you also market it as well? Or is, is that something that is more, uh, how do you say, more of a slang that, that is used in the industry? Yeah, I, I storytell around that because, you know, it, it's really difficult when people don't have kind of a frame of reference to attach themselves to. So I think the leggings is always a great, I like to say actually when leggings first came out that only skinny women in the gym would wear it. You know, it was not accepted by everybody. You know, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to show my, you know, my hips and my thighs. And people were, you know, not adopting, but you know, 25 years later, look at how huge it is, right? Yeah. So that's what's exciting. And I mean, you're in the startup space about innovation, right? If everybody's going to adopt it day one, you're not innovating, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean people are this too is comfortable. Yeah, this is definitely a, a paradigm shift. It's it's taking two categories, finding an in-between that nobody really exploited, um, figured out, you know what, there is a need for this category. And then going out there and actually putting into the market. And this becomes a CPG product, am I correct? Yes, yeah, right. totally, um, which I love. See, I am I have been, I, I'm a mother, I've worked my whole life. Women today are busier than ever and they just need to have a grab and go purchase. You know, boobs, having living with boobs are very complicated today, right? You've got a million bras, nobody ever knows your size, it's uncomfortable, bralettes don't work all the time, what do I wear with this outfit? Oh, I'm doing you know many varied lifestyle things. 
Nudie is that one go-to product, right? So it can you can sleep in it, you can travel in it, work in it, and you can get married in it. <laughs> you know, same product. Grab and go. It's simple. It's flexible, so it changes with your sizes. When your sizes change, it's su it's superior in comfort because it's made out of a fabric that's 360 degree flexible. So you've got all of these aspects of it that are incredible. Plus it's packaged with very simple sizing so that that also makes it very simple to purchase and it can sit in a variety of different um, uh, retailers. So I mean we envision it, we're just now going into post-sale, but we envision it in spas, in um, gyms, in, ho in hotel boutiques, in airports. Think about it in little kiosks, right? Yeah. So that we're, we're really simplifying and making women's lives easier. It's such a simple idea and a simple concept. And now the other part of the, the, the business side of it, how do you get it into the right places? How do you get into distribution? How have you handled all of that getting into, the, into your role as, a, as an owner of a company? Well, you know, we originally um, launched on Kickstarter um, because, you know, after three and a half years of development, we were just so eager to just get it to the people, <laughs> to the you know, end user. So we decided to do that and we had a super successful campaign. We did 750000 in 30 days, which on Kickstarter wow. for a women's brand is really good. And we started to, um, we shipped over to 40, 40 different countries. So we went from like zero to, you know, selling 13 to 13,000 people. So that gave us some presence in the market, right, globally. So right. Um, once we actually got off of the uh, crowdfunding uh, space, which we had already done a million dollars in sales, we opened our website and we just, for a couple of months, we just basically um, didn't do any advertising and we just did repeat business with the people that we had. And just as the pandemic started um, last April, when we had to do lockdown, was when we started to advertise, which was kind of interesting because it gave us more play because people were in front of their computers um, much more, and they were also looking for comfort in the most uncomfortable, you know, part of their lives, which was you know being in lockdown. Um, so we started to advertise then, and it was very, very good for our business. Yeah, Kickstarter is, an, is such a great place to start a business. There's so many people that have validated ideas, uh, reached customers, reached sales through it. How was your, what was your experience like with Kickstarter? You know, it was, um, I have to say, it was an amazing, so exciting because it's like fast forward retailing, right? But yeah. it was a lot of work. I mean, this was not luck. This was work. You know, three months of of really going through every bit of copy. Um, the video was super important. Um, really looking at the demographic and how we're going to reach them. We knew that Kickstarter was predominantly men. It's like 65% men, 35% women. So it's like to get successful, we actually have to reach the men as well with a woman's mm -hmm. product, which we did successfully. Yeah. Um, and then you have to, um, you really do have to uh, hire a marketing company. So we did, we put away advertising dollars. We got one of the best marketing companies to help us and uh, we nailed it.
right? And, and yeah, that's with a good strategy in place, good, you know, good spend on marketing, good understanding of the market going after, you can do a really good job on Kickstarter. I've heard various different stories, uh, people who have done really well, people who haven't done well, and it really comes down to the effort that is put in behind the, the marketing engine around it, right? So I think kudos to you guys. And would you ever use Kickstarter again for any of the products that you might build? It's, a, it's something that comes into my brain daily, I have to say. Um, there's a possibility. Originally, I had built out in the plan that we would launch the next kind of nudie style in Kickstarter, but we have such momentum now that you know, we may not need to do that, though I have to say there's something really great about the excitement around it to see little, uh, minute by minute just sales coming in because we had done 50,000 <laughs> dollars in sales in two hours so that was like oh my god you know that's but, you incredible know, who knows I, it's a possibility i'm not sure yeah. because it is so it is really intense i mean you're you're literally um answering people 24 hours a day for those mm -hmm. it, it's it's like you know when you, when you talk about it, it's a perfect segue into a little bit more about the vision around nudie is is nudie meant to be a one product um, company selling the, the 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 segment between two different bra bralette braless style of company or is is there more coming? More coming? No, we're a brand, and yes. we are the specialist in the top half of the body, not the bottom half. I know everybody mm -hmm. wants to like kind of get you down to the lingerie. You know, oh, when are panties coming? No, we're specialists. We have IP that is so strong because we've come up with a secret sauce of like how do you simplify. Uh, you know, fit issues, sizing issues, comfort issues, and we have that. So we're going to build out, we have many different systems. We call them systems, not styles. So we're um, going to be building out several systems. And then we're also going to be go in, going into different markets, taking uh, what we know with our IP. And I don't want to tell too much, but no, this is a brand. Yeah, we're okay. building a brand. Perfect. So, so like this, this is a great product, the first one. Now, as you're going from here, what, what is the vision of the brand of the company? Like, what do you want to stand for? And how did you come up with that? Well, you know, having worked uh, with women and in women's fashion all my life, um, one of the things that I've been a champion of my whole life is really, I'm gonna, not going to say body positivity, but body acceptance, because it's been such a sad a sad history of no matter how amazing a woman is, I can tell you when she walks into a retail space, she starts to tell you all of the things that's wrong with her. So, you know, Nudie is the only product for boobs that actually hugs your natural shape. Just going to just back up for one minute. Bras were made to reshape your boobs. So, so basically what bras are saying is you're not all right showing up like you are. And so the vision of Nudie is to really get women, you know, give women a, a product that they can embrace their natural shape and embracing themselves and accepting themselves. It is super powerful. Let me tell you, because I've seen even in our trial with our testers, I've seen women come to be uncomfortable with their natural shape, to accepting it. And it is a very, very powerful experience. So the vision is if nudie can get women in that space of just accepting and having an easier life so they can go and save the world, we have done our job. We've it, done it, our job. 
in 2021, this is where we need to be going as a society, as a pr promoting good po uh, body acceptance. You know, that's the good thing with our social media around us, with uh, media and advertising. It's, you know, we've spent many, many years downgrading or degrading women in in like in what the way they look and something like nudie that just says you know just be yourself just be who you are is amazing but the, the crazy part is that i you were telling the story of how you actually came up with nudie and for, for the self-need i'd love to hear that story and i'm sure everyone at home would love it as well yeah you know i um i know both sides of the market because i actually used to work for a german trade show company so i knew what was in europe i knew what was in here but i was getting married i was getting remarried 11 years ago and i had a super skin bearing dress that was so thin that everything showed underneath and you know i've always been kind of a natural woman anyways i don't wear a lot of makeup and i'm all right with myself and i would have gone braless but you know i was dancing and things so a couple of weeks before my wedding after buying a second dress because i wasn't sure if i was going to work out my um my problem with my first dress I said, I wonder if I can just make something. And I am not a designer. <laughs> so if you see my first nudies, it's kind of laughable. But I took an off-the-shelf fabric, and I actually hand-sewed the first nudie two weeks before my wedding. And I remember so sharply the moment I put it on my body. I, Ash, if I tell you, I looked around the room and I said, I can't believe that nobody ever came up with this. I mean, like... Hello, I felt I, I sensated that something was there, but I couldn't really feel it. And then when I looked at myself in the mirror, it's like, oh, I, I look, you can't tell something's there. Oh, am I braless? Do I have something on? You know, it was that moment. I hate to, you know, be so trite, but that aha moment, I was like, geez. So literally after my wedding, the day after, I started write, writing down different names and then conceptualizing, like, you know, different styles out of this fabric. And I was just off and running right after that. <laughs> what, a, what an amazing story. I mean, like you had, you saw a need yourself on your wedding day with your wedding dress. And then you came up with this, put this together. When did you register the IP for this? Like, how did you say, okay, my God, I need to, you know, protect this. Well, the first thing was the name. So, you know, when I, ba way back then I was saying, you know, I felt free. I felt like I was nude. Um, so I, I came up with the name Nudie originally, and actually somebody in uh, Australia owned it. And so every couple of months, I would look to see if it was still owned. And then like a year later, it came available and I ended up buying it. So that was the kind of the first piece of it. And then um, once I got serious about the business, um, four years after my wedding, um, I got together actually with somebody who helped me make this real and we started to, um, we got the best IP lawyers, prior cashmen, and we went to get our patent. And you know what they said to us was, listen, it's very unusual that you get an approved patent for anything that has to do with clothing or lingerie. So don't, you know, get your hopes up. And if you do, it's going to take years, like three, three years plus. And, and actually that wasn't our case. We actually got our patent approved within a year and a half, um, which just went to prove how unusual this uh, patent is. Um, so that was a utility patent. And then additionally, before we actually went to launch the product on Kickstarter, we got um, a design patent as well. Okay, so now you've well protected yourself. You've come up with this great brand. You got the trade. You got the entire everything set up. You went for Kickstarter, and now now that you're scaling through through this, how has how are you measuring your product market fit in the market today? Like, how do you know that this is something that people love and that they need? 
Well, you know, it started with, of course, Kickstarter, and then, you know, we're watching our growth, you know, which is slow and steady um, on uh, Instagram, and our sales are slow and steady. So originally, what we had known from doing lots of testing over the years was that actually nudie spans um, different generations, which is really unusual, especially for lingerie. It's like, if you give it to a daughter, the daughter says, oh, my mom will love it, and vice versa, mom says my daughter will love it. So, you know, when we're looking at market, we're looking at a huge market, right? And um, the beauty is, is that since we launched, we actually even expanded our sizes. So we started with just three sizes. Nudie sizes are different than bra sizes. So we do a two lettering system. So our three sizes equaled nine bra sizes. Now we have seven sizes. It equals 42 different bra sizes. So talk about like uncomplicating <laughs> very complicated, <laughs> you know, really. And then from a business viewpoint, you know, it's wonderful for cash flow. Um, we manufacture on a flow, so we're always getting product in. As soon as the product is in, you know, it's out the door. Um, so, you know, our problem right now is just keeping enough inventory really right. in stock because since the pandemic, everything got slowed down and kind of like got into a cog. So we're actually expanding our um, manufacturing right now. A good segue to my next question. How has the pandemic um, affected you, your business, and, and what are you doing to cope with it? Yeah, well, originally when we first started to go out with advertising was when our factory then had to close down for six weeks. And it was like, ah, so we had to pull back all of our advertising, you know, because we were just basically running out of goods and we have never kind of been able to totally catch up. So we knew, you know what, to be safe, we really have to have more than one um, manufacturer. So we have, we set out last September to work with another factory. And so we actually now just started to manufacture um, overseas as well as here in the U.S., which we love the fact that we are manufacturing here. It's our first love. Um, so that will actually help us secure uh, a flow of inventory from now on. Great. So, so the problem you had was that you had too much, too much sales, too much interest that your your supply couldn't even keep up with, and you had to shut it down. I mean, that's a great problem to have for any, for any entrepreneur. And and you know, you keep talking about we. And so, like, tell me a little bit about your team. Who, who are you working with? How did you meet them? How did you come together and put together this this team to ex execute on this business? Yeah. So we've been a really small uh, team for a long time. So when we, in April, we actually started to build out our team. And the first person that I really needed was, um, because we're going out to advertise, was I call, um, I call my secondhand person the director of customer journey. So she basically oversees all touch points, which I, I like that viewpoint where it's, if it's website, it's social media, it's, you know, any customer service, so she's seeing the flow of the experience from the customer and she's got a great um, background. And of course, with people losing their jobs and being furloughed during the pandemic, you know, it was a wonderful time to look for employees. Um, I also hired a, a new designer um, who came on in July, who is, you know, knew the, as I mentioned before, super technical, like you have to, this is not just pretty pictures and you're doing oh, different colors. You have to, you have to have a love of the technicality of how things are woven and make, you know, not just design. And she has that. So she's been great and we'll be building out a lot of new, um, new styles. To come. Yeah. 
I mean, like, you're right, in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of people have been for a lot, lost their jobs, talent has been, you know, all over the place. It's, it's a good time to start a company because there totally. are, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there looking to do something different and change. And kudos to you for finding such great people to put together. And so now your startup has gone through Kickstarter. Yeah, you've raised money, you've got sales going. What's, what's next? What stage you in? What are you doing next? Are you um, looking to expand in sales and marketing, go international, raise capital? What's, what's next for Nudie. Yeah, well, we're always raising capital. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we would uh, ultimately at the end of the year, or actually, or now, um, we would love to be able to partner with a um, with a with a, uh, a funding group, either VC, PE, um, that can really help us get to the next level, which would be, you know, ex expand larger and global because we are global now and also expand into wholesale. Um, we actually were in Nordstrom's at the beginning of the year in pop-up, which was super exciting. Um, they have a pop-up where you they feature brands for a couple of months, and we had a wonderful sell-through there. But there's such opportunity for nudie in the wholesale space in a very different way because it goes back to our packaging and the fact that we're CPG, that that really can, we, we're, we're going to own this market. You know, this market between Bra and Brawless is ours to have. And so that's where the growth opportunity is here. Yeah, I love the confidence there that, that it just exudes from you. Because you're right. I mean, like there is nobody there. And especially the wholesale opportunity, if you can find good distributors, you can find wholesale opportunities, um, get it into more locations. I don't see why any, uh, any wholesaler wouldn't want to have a product like this to promote in part of their inventory and, and you know, and what they're doing towards the, the audience. So, like, I, I understand that you've about raised about $1.2 million to date now, including Kickstarter. And you also, we, we got connected to through XRC Labs. Um, you know, to, to tell me a little bit about how, about the program, how you got in and your experience so far. Yeah, it was, it was great. You know, just like Nudie was organic, XRC was organic as well. I went to see a fireside chat and ended up um, meeting one of the principals of XRC, uh, Kirsten. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you know, where are you from? And I was saying, nudie. And she said, oh my God, I know about your campaign. And so we started to chat and she said, you know, would you be interested? Why don't you come and pitch? Mm -hmm. And we had gotten to the point where we were just about to um, open our website. And I had really kind of tapped out on our own um, uh, our own uh, Rolodex of, of names for VCs, et cetera, and said, you know, we could really use some help. So I pitched and we got into that cohort, which was cohort nine, um, super exciting. And um, it was a wonderful experience at XRC because they sharpened up the areas that we needed to kind of like get ahead of, right? Because it's like going into university, but instead of having it be four years it was three months it was mm -hmm. like really a, it's like I have homework again I've got to you have to run your business and then you have to do your homework but it was well worth it because it really just pushed us to sharpen our needle and also to put us in contact with we have got great mentors with other investors etc cetera, etc cetera, and they're always there for us you know we're they're always there we're just about to go into another um, pitch ses uh, session actually this week with investors you know, so we're still in it. They're still in it with us. Yeah, and uh, we had Chris on the show, you know, 
little while before what xrc is doing is incredible for the diversity movement for uh, bringing to light underserved uh, founders connecting them building the networks that they're building um we're here to support xrc and all their companies um at any time and like this this key part that kirsten was talking about as well is that they are have a big focus even around women entrepreneurs i wanted to ask you something annette i know you are a little bit newer to the startup industry but what you know i am a huge huge believer in diversity inclusion and impact everything i'm doing with my company with the podcast is all about touching light of why it's important to have more voices at every table now with you yourself as a as a woman entrepreneur what do you believe in the importance of diversity and impact is in the world of startups innovation entrepreneurship well you know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know like if your end user is diverse then you need to have some diverse people on your team or else you're really missing out and i and i think that companies that are not responding and hiring a diverse, not just lower level, but higher level executives that are making decisions, then they are really going to see a, a loss in, in in sales or a loss in their business going forward because it, we're not turning back, right? We're going forward. And, you know, diversity is not just um, ethnicity, color, it's age, it's, um, um, you know, sexuality, it's it's like, it's everything. You know, and it's not its size, you know, in my case, in terms of, uh, you know, nudie, because we're, you know, we're, we're increasing our sizes. So it's about, you know, keeping your eyes opening and listening, you know, even the fact that, you know, we, we used to say, oh, you know, this is a, um, a company that was founded by women for women. And we gave that up. We're like, no, you know, nudies for anybody with boobs, anybody who with boobs who wants to wear a nudie. That's an end. So we had a transgender person come out and say, you know, we really appreciated that, like that you that that change. So now I feel like there's a place for me. Yeah, it, it's it's so um, important to realize that we in, in an ecosystem, when you're selling and you're providing products to the entire world, you have to make sure that every type of buyer persona is getting heard through your team's action as well. I mean, not only I know you are you're pitching a, a fem uh, a feminine product and towards a lot of women and, and females, but at the same time, there's a lot of men out there also purchasing this as gifts, as other as opportunities for their uh, female partners, their mothers, Mother's Day is coming up right now. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things out there. So having that diverse look is so important. I mean, diversity drives innovation in everything we do. When we limit who can contribute, in turn, we limit the problems we can solve. And there's so many things that are coming out right now of all the diverse spaces that's blowing my mind i'm like oh these in it how come we never thought of this before and it's not that we never thought of it before it's the people that um you know bringing it to light i've never realized that they could and the resources weren't available as it's getting more and more now and we need to keep pushing towards that so kudos to you for being able to do all of this 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 great stuff and i want to know when you are looking and making your hiring decisions when you are looking to bring people on your team how do you frame your mindset to, to have that in, in diversity and inclusion in it? Well, you know, right um, when, uh, you know, the whole BL, BLM push was, um, had started at the beginning of the summer. And I remember in social media, you know, people were coming out and saying, hey, well, you know, how many people of color do you have on your, uh, on your staff? And so I actually, I said I had to come out of the closet because, you know, nobody knew who I was. It's like, oh, geez, I can't believe I had to come out of the closet as a woman of color instead of just like a CEO and founder, which yep. I hope to get to one day, right? It's like, 
why do I really have to say that? Can I just be me and come out? But, you know, that was kind of interesting. I mean, we have a very small staff now, but I did uh, open up an internship for um, specifically for people of color um, to come in and, and work with us. So, I mean, the doors are always open, but it was an interesting thing that we were, you know, now brands are being asked. People want to know. They don't want to just buy product anymore. They want to know who they're buying the product from, you know, what you stand for, what are your practices in your factory? I mean, we know everybody in our factory. We know the sewers. We know what they're getting paid, whether, you know, that, you know, and those are important things. Those are things that are not going to go away. Oh, it's it's so true. I mean, like people now, a lot of products out there with the, with the market and with Amazon and e-commerce are become a little bit of commodities. You know, like there's so many things available. So when you start representing the human side of what you're doing, people want to connect with that. People want to say, oh, you know what? Like there's five or six products on the shelf, very similar to each other. If I'm going to put take my money, my hard-earned money and put it behind one of these, I have to believe that the the people on the other side are also good people trying to change the world for the better and and also kind of, kind of represent our um you know diversity or look the way we look and the way we feel so like as you're you know wrapping up here you know what are your final thoughts about you know your company um one of the things actually i didn't get to hear from you is what are you looking in terms of your raise for your next round if there's investors out at home listening what are you what are you looking for exactly in terms of partnerships capital Please do tell us. Yeah, well, so that's the two part. I'll, I'll do the raise first, and then I'll do the kind of the sure. bigger vision. But um, so the raise we're looking for one million. We were very, um, we're very scrappy <laughs> in how we do our business, and you know it's really great because we can do these numbers by still having a very small um, staff, right. um, and because of the way that our merchandise flows. So our raise is a million. Um, we are hoping to do three times what we did in sales last year which again, if we've got our inventory in, we can, we know we can make it because um, that's our biggest issue right now. And we would love really, again, a strategic partner slash uh, investor because, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of work to be done, right? And um, we would like to keep our, our staff lean and mean. So a strategic partnership that can bring in more than just money would really be key here. And, you know, it's a space we know people are looking at us. You know, like who, we're the new kid on the block. We have something special and it would also help us kind of like, I don't know, have a, uh, a little bit of a fortress around us right. in the space, you know, instead of feeling slightly vulnerable. Um, so that's one thing on the raise. And then again, the vision of what I said is, you know, number one, we stand for truth, right? We stand for truth, transparency as women, like this is what we are, you know, we're all right. We're all right. We have stuff to do. So again, simplicity, ease, and joy, and just allowing women to accept and embrace their their self as a means to have to own their power. Because as soon as we start not allowing ourselves or feeling bad about ourselves, we give away our power. We need to own our power. The world needs us. There's that's, work to be done. That, that's that's what we're supporting here. Yeah, it's it's a uh, well put, well said, and just one last point I wanted to talk a little just back back to the raise again is you know when you say you were looking for a perfect strategic partner, right? Somebody who can help you beyond beyond the capital. What what does that help look like? Um, you know, it could be wholesale introductions, it could be uh, you know marketing and branding advice. Can you specifically talk so people can relate to that and see if they 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 qualify too? Yeah, so it could be something relatable like yes. A wholesale partnership, a uh, a branding, somebody who's global that can help us on that end. 
um, somebody who's not just in for this raise, but can also be in for the next raise. Um, obviously, somebody who doesn't uh, who, who doesn't have brands that you know directly relate to ours, you know, that are in the same space. But um, yeah, we need all of that help. Right. Yeah, and, and it's, it makes sense too as well. I mean, the, you, you talked a little bit about being vulnerable as a new kid on the block, and that investor also gives a little bit of credibility, a little bit of power behind your name, um, introductions and things. So I, I completely understand it's a great time for what you're doing at the moment. The pandemic has presented some problems, but also more people are now on their computers, so the, the, the time to consumer is a little bit uh, shorter here, and you're not competing with these retail stores at the moment that have you know lot, massive warehouses, inventories, and showrooms. So this is deep time to take advantage of all of this for, for Nudie. And I, I'm going to be rooting for you, watching your growth, seeing how this evolves. Um, hopefully we can get you connected to some, some investors and people look tuning in as well to, to see. I honestly think from meeting you, meeting you through XRC, what you guys are doing is fantastic. How you got started, um, how you've been able to raise money on Kickstarter, the sales that you're currently doing, everything sounds like the perfect story. It sounds like you're doing everything you should be doing and your internship program. I mean, I didn't even hear about that till, till now, even though we, we had a conversation before for, uh, you know, people of color. I, mean, I think this is also a really smart strategy to to bring more ideas into your company, things that you would may have not thought of before. So honestly, all in all, kudos on that. You, you're building something very powerful, very strong. As somebody who's worked in CPG before, I know that this, this market isn't easy. And as long as you stay ahead of the game in terms of your innovation, keep coming out with new ideas, new products, testing out, and staying true to who you are, which is your ethos of being true. Um, body acceptance is a big part of your image. And um, like I said, I think that you're going to go very far. So congratulations on how far you've come. And we're excited to see where you're going to go in the future, Annette. This is great. Thank you so much for having me on here and allowing me to tell our story. Yeah, it, it's it's good. A lot of people at home want to be inspired too about, about what you're doing. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people you've inspired um, to help. Now, before we, we cut off over here, is there any last words you want to say to the to the audience at home? Well, get over to nudisystem.com, N-U-U-D-I-I system.com. Um, you know, our story's there and I'm available. Let's connect. I mean, you know, whether it's more press or whether it's investors or retailers, because, I mean, I didn't really talk about Nudie as, as helping retailers sell clothes, but let me tell you, connect with me. I can help you sell more clothes. <laughs> hey, there, there you go. And so where would be the best place for people to connect with you if they wanted to, uh, to you know, connect and learn more about Nudie? Yeah, um, go to info at nudiesystem.com. Info at nudiesystem.com. Perfect. And your website is www. N-U-U-D-I-I system.com. Perfect. And for everyone listening, all the links and the description to where you can find Annette, her company, was going to be all in the, in the description below, wherever you're listening and tuning in. Um, and that's it. This has been, a, um, and I'd like to tell everyone at home as well, this is, again, a crazy time. We're living this pandemic. Some countries around the world are still at the peak in what they're doing. Other countries are coming down of it. 
We're all in this together. Stay safe. Keep hacking and hustling. And remember, as long as there are entrepreneurs in this world, there's always going to be innovation and voices that will be heard. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is Startup Legends Podcast, where we interview everything entrepreneurship and innovation, uh, extraordinary entrepreneurs like Annette, investors, accelerators, incubators, coaches, consultants, everything. We'll bring it to you live here. So tune in, stay connected with us. And thank you one last time, Annette, for coming on and chatting. Cheers and have a great day. Bye, you too.